This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selke of WinnerIsComing.net, and Mia Johnson of Fansided.com uh, discuss all things God, sci-fi, fantasy, quarantine, Lord of the Rings, Netflix, Hulu, uh, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc. Hey, everybody in the chat. Hey, Sherry. Hey, uh, hello, Julie, of course. Hello, oh, Mia. Uh, hi, Enrico. Thanks for joining us. And Mia, how are you doing um, on this lovely Wednesday afternoon in quarantine? Not bad. I've got, it's kind of a short week for me. I had like last Friday off, I had Memorial Day off, and then so I had nice. this Friday off as well. So I'm just, you know, kind of taking it easy. <laughs> how about oh, you? That sounds nice. <laughs> you, have, you, have this, you have this Friday off too? I do, so I only got like a three-day week, basically. Sounds quality. Okay, no, um, <laughs> I enjoy my long weekend, but I'm back to the grindstone now. And I'm glad I am, because we do have a lot to talk about, as always. Mm-hmm. You know, it is impressive how this quarantine just hasn't stopped people from keeping on keeping on when it comes to entertaining us. And I thought yeah. we'd start with a little fun story before we get to the serious, very serious topics. Um, are you aware, Mia, that there is a movie coming up called Good, Bad, and Undead, where I'll just lay it out for you. So mm-hmm. Peter Dinklage plays the vampire hunter Van Helsing, a uh, very noted kind of stock vampire character. Jason Momoa, who is called Drogo, plays uh-huh. a vampire who is sworn not to kill again. They go from town to town, and Peter Dinklage pretends to kill the vampire, Jason Momoa, and then... <laughs> just takes money from the Grateful Townsfolk. It's a scam they're pulling. And then they get found out, and they're on the run. What a great idea. Yeah. (laughs) That's really fun. You know, it. I think people kind of want it. Well, man, was there ever a time where Cal Drogo and... um, and Monster. and Tyrion, they've never really had a moment no, to be had. together, and he, he died so soon. 
So I think it's kind of fun to be like, hey, we have these two characters who are actors, I guess, who you've never seen together. We're going to put them in a movie. They're so iconic, especially right now. They're They're hot. They're hip. They're cool. Um, I think it's a fun idea. And uh, Jen says, wait, what? And I agree. I heard that. (laughs) I was like, who came up with that? Especially because like, you know, so Peter Dinklage was playing the heroic vampire hunter, even though you don't really think of him in a heroic role necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I guess there aren't really a lot of like, I mean, for better or worse, you wouldn't really think of like a a, a small person in like a leading heroic role, Mm -hmm. even though it's clearly a comedy. And I love the idea of like him and Jason Momoa, you know, someone who's like four feet tall, someone who's like six feet five is being like a comedy duo. Really weird concept, yeah. really fun concept. It's like though. the, um, oh God, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. It's kind of <laughs> exactly. like, you know, that yeah. it, 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 it's a fun dynamic to work with. And I think it's a fun concept. Um, since, you know, usually I, f- I, I feel like when you do Van Helsing and vampires, it can kind of get pretty serious and, you know, right. it's, it's vampire hunting. But this looks, I think it looks kind of fun, kind of like a, what we do in the shadows vibe where you can yes. kind of have fun with the vampire genre. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. As Sherry says, where will it be broadcasted from? Um, folks have been saying, like, oh, I guess it'll premiere on, like, Hulu or something. As far as I know, it's just a movie. You know, this will yeah. eventually end, and it'll just be in theaters. And uh, it is called, what's it called again? It's called Good, Bad, and Undead. Which is just, it's, it sounds cute. I mean, yeah. We were talking yesterday on the on the uh, take the black on the take the black club episode about whether after this is all over after the coronavirus pandemic has passed, if people will be maybe ready for something a bit uh, lighter, a bit mm-hmm. less heavy than all the apocalypse stuff we're getting. And this sounds like it could be right up that alley. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's fun to see Game of Thrones stars mixing it up in a way you wouldn't expect them to. So. Yeah. That is your blast of positivity to start this up. Ooh. Sherry says Dinklage had better not shaft his vamp, <laughs> which could mean all manner of things. And we'll leave it to you. That's a great final word on that. I hope so too. All right. So switching to a serious, more serious, heftier topic. Um, basically it looks like Hollywood is getting back to work. So last week mm-hmm. we learned that James Cameron and John Landau and the Avatar 2 crew, which is a movie that I feel like not a lot of folk are excited for. If you're excited for that, tell us in the comments. Yeah. Um, but it's a hugely expensive, big tentpole endeavor is resuming shooting this week, I believe, in New Zealand, one of the few countries that's like, oh my God, to that kind of filming again. Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, producer showed us like a, a shot of... Um, couple of boats in a hangar. That's nice. I mean, honestly, I'm not terribly interested in Avatar 2. I mean, I, uh-huh. I, I, I like the first one and everything. It was fine when I saw it back in the day. How about you? Are, 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 were you uh, not, taken by that? I liked Avatar. Um, I don't think it was the best movie in the world. Um, and I don't think it deserves like what four or five sequels. But I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see what happens in the next sequel, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be interested to see what the next sequel, I guess. A yeah, you can quote me on that. <laughs> but I wanted to bring it up because this is like the first example of a major motion picture getting back to work. Like after yeah. all, all sets have been shut down for the past, 
like what three months ish now. That's that's about how long it's been going on. And I guess the question that everybody's sort of has in their head, but isn't really confronting directly. I feel like is. Is it a good idea to go back knowing that this might just make things worse? I mean, it's possible if people, because I imagine that if Avatar 2 is going back to work, a lot of other people are going to look at that and say, okay, if James Cameron is going to do it, we can do it. Like, we can go back to in the world and start up again. Now, is that going to cause, because, you know, so the balance here is, do you do that because it's safe to do it again and you get things rolling? Or do you do it too early and risk um, putting more people in danger, and which ends up having this last longer than it would have had you just waited to start up again? Mia, yeah. do you think we're ready to get back in the thick of it? Oh, gosh. What a big question. Uh, I, You know what? I'll start by saying I can see, obviously, why they picked New Zealand. It's kind of, okay. you know, they're safe. They're a neutral zone. Uh, but, it, you know, like you said, it it, it maybe, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it does run the risk of, you know, every new person that you introduce back into the country uh, is an added risk to start things all over again. Uh, and so it's it's like you really have to be controlled about who's coming back to set, how you check them, if it's even possible to really check them. Um, and I know yeah, most, exactly. uh, or not most people... Some people are kind of like, you know, I just want a vaccine and then I'll feel safe to like fully resume things as normal. And I honestly don't know how long a vaccine can take. Um, and I'm hearing it's not soon. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. Like next year at, like, yeah. at, at the earliest. So it's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm really conflicted. I think it depends on like how many people they have on set. It looks like probably a lot. You need a lot. There's a lot of moving pieces that go into this. And um, especially, I'm assuming not everyone is from New Zealand. So that means they're coming from their respective hometowns. And now, yeah, (laughs) yeah, you know, from L.A. or New York or wherever they're at. Before it is now. I mean, something that's interesting, too. I was reading, like, an interview with, I think, the stunt person on Stranger Things. And they Mm -hmm. were saying, like, look, with stunts, like, you have to be, like, up in people's faces. And, like, you know, wrestling and doing moves and getting put into harnesses and stuff like we're going to have to just disinfect people every eight seconds and just Basically, yeah. like the crew members can wear things like masks and gloves, but the actors can't unless mm-hmm. we're going to set all the new movies and TV shows in quarantine period, yeah. which you know, they wouldn't allow because the point of having a good looking actor on TV is to show their face. <laughs> That's the reason exactly. FYI, everybody that they didn't have helmets on Game of Thrones. Really, that's the reason there are no helmets in any medieval-type stuff. Because there's, like, in real life, they cover your face, because, like, you're going into battle looking for swords, but you never see them in movies, because you're like, why did we pay for Guy Pierce to be in this? We're not going to show his face. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Why bother Which reminds me, they just, um, the Golden Globes changed the rules, like, just, like, literally just recently, probably today, about, um, like, being able to wear a helmet and having eligibility as an actor because of Pedro Pascal and The Mandalorian. Even though they said he was technically eligible for an award because he took his, you know, in the last episode, he revealed his face. But that was kind of funny that, you know, if you want to wear a helmet now and not show your face, you can still get 
awards credit for it at Golden Globes. I think that, I think that, I think that completely should be the way it is. I mean, yeah. as he proved, you can do great acting with something covering your face. Yeah. So that's where it is right now. I don't know how it's going to shake down. We're getting a lot of comments here. Ooh. As Sherry says, how do you know it's the actor? I mean, I feel like The Mandalorian is kind of an unprecedented example. We all know who's under that thing, even if uh, he only shows his face <laughs> once. Yeah. Um, maybe they could change the plot of Avatar 2 so if they can happen on the Avatar planet. That is Pandora, Winter is Coming. That is the Avatar planet. Nerd school, you there. As Jen says, I'm sort of confused about Avatar 2 because we assume that the love girl have a baby. How can that be when he would need some swimmers to have a baby when I assume his Avatar is different? Oh, I, I see what you're saying. So, like, because Sam Worthington is in the body of the fake giant oh. avatar, does that, like, all work physiologically? I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to know either. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a family. I, I, they, they, they talk about the story, but it's going to be the main avatar guy and Zoe Saldana's avatar. They have a baby and they go into water. We'll see what happens. And the Sherry says, we the viewers are ready for new content. I feel like we are getting new content. Like, we'll talk about HBO Max in a second here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, preventing the content drought that's going to happen in, like, yeah. six to eight months. Yeah, as a result is, of all this. Is what they're all thinking about right now. And Sherry also says, still waiting on the Walking Dead finales. And you're right. We are still waiting on that. And there's been no news on it. So Wait, wait, wait. I got a, a screener for Walking Dead in my inbox. So I thought maybe it was... Um, for which walking out dead? soon let's see <laughs> i swear sw- this says the walking dead season 10 screener episode 15 the tower Ooh, that is the most recent one that aired. okay the the finale. okay what are they what are they up to amc <laughs> they sent you that just now yeah i don't know why maybe they had an updated version of it <laughs> hey just in case you want to watch it again yeah, so right now there's no news for it. But we'll be looking out for it. You're welcome, Jen. As far as new content goes, today today was the release of HBO Max. Yeah. Um, I don't think you've gotten it yet. I'm going to get it as soon as I possibly can start looking into yeah. it. Okay, so I, I will say this. It feels like there is finally some buzz about it. I felt like there wasn't for a long time, but we got... Mm-hmm. The Snyder Cut's coming to it. Today we got all the Harry Potter movies yeah. and the Fantastic Beast movies for the eight people who care about that are available to watch. Um, and people are talking about it. Mia, does this make you uh, more optimistic or pessimistic about HBO Max's chances to survive in a Netflix, Disney Plus dominated world? I think it gives them a little bit more of an edge, uh, definitely over something like I'm thinking about Kiwi where oh, it's, it's, no. it, they only have original content. So it, they're, they're kind of sinking. I think because HBO has buffed themselves up <laughs> with, you know, legacy content, all these franchises, you know, Harry Potter and DC and game of Thrones and you know, anything you can. Yeah. It, it, I, maybe eventually people will say there's enough there for me to say, okay, I'll, I'll give it and buy it again. I'm still not in favor of the price at $15 to me <laughs> just seems really, really steep compared to the competition. And I, I think maybe, I don't know how the people are thinking, but it's like, why should I shell out $15 for 
basically the same caliber of content that I'm getting on basically every other, um, you know, streaming platform. I completely agree. That is the big disconnect for me. Like, I acknowledge that it has good stuff. Like, everyone likes Friends and Studio Ghibli and, you know, Doctor Who's fun. They got Harry Potter movies. They got plenty, and there is original stuff. There's no, like, killer app, really, but there is original stuff on there. But, like, Netflix had a lot of this stuff back in the day, and I was not paying $15 for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Disney Plus has all the Disney Plus we all remember. I'm not paying $15 for it. Yeah. Like, I don't know, frankly, I don't know where they get off charging Yeah, it's that. like, who do you think you are? <laughs> who do you I think really, you are? I really wonder. I'm like, everybody, if we just hold off and not buy it, maybe they'll reduce the price by 50%. <laughs> I really wonder if that would ever happen. I mean, I am pretty curious to see their early subscriber numbers to see if, I mean, cause my guess is people are going to look at this and say, I mean, look, you got some cool stuff on here, but I, I, I can get like Hulu, Disney plus and Netflix for the price of this one thing. I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I, I just have a hard time believing, like, no one in the meetings, I mean, I assume someone brought it up, but clearly not well enough. Like, no, no one was convinced <laughs> yeah. to lower the price. Yeah. So yeah, yeah and that, it, that's it, it, It's interesting you mentioned that because even Disney Plus had, the, Disney Plus had, like, at least three different offers for you to choose yes. from, like, like, the one-year membership, the three-year, and then the um, bundle with, ESPN and Hulu. So it's like, if you want, I believe it was like for $12.99, which is still less than HBO Max, you could get, you know, this variety of streaming platforms. And I, yeah, uh, I don't know where the disconnect came, <laughs> came from. It's going to be real tough. So um, kudos for them for getting some hype going. Kudos to them for getting the Harry Potter films. I don't know how they swung mm -hmm. that in the, yeah. at, the, at the very last second. Yeah. But, um, my prediction, I'm just going to lay it out. I don't think it'll be enough. And we'll wait for the numbers to roll in to see if we're right or not. Yeah. Yeah, that price cut is coming. I can feel it. All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, they are still announcing new movies, even if they aren't making it at the moment. Uh, uh, Mia, that's your name. What is your familiarity with the 1986 oh wait, uh, classic Labyrinth starring David Bowie as the sexy tight pants goblin king? <laughs> I have an interesting uh, relationship with this movie. Oh. I've never really seen it, but I recently went through a phase where I watched a like six part documentary on Jim Henson's life. So I know enough about it and I know like a lot of random like little minutiae details about this movie. Um, so I guess to answer your leading question, I am familiar enough <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> and we bring it up because it is getting a remake um, yeah. from Doctor Strange director Scott Derrickson. What do you think of that? Are you excited about or that? Or rather a, a sequel. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. It's yeah. a sequel. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, I guess preferable. That, I don't know. I, 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 I would like to see what they do with it. Um, because, you know, like, I, I'm not really, like, super attached to the movie. You know, I know a lot, know a lot about it. 
Um, but yeah, it does make you wonder since they've been very kind of vague on the details or like, you know, Scott Derrickson is coming to direct, you know, obviously Henson company is going to be working with it. Right. Um, but you know, Jim Henson has passed away. Dave Bowie passed yes, away about you know, away. four years ago. Um, so it's kind of like, what are you going to do without the Goblin King? How are you going to kind of revamp it or give it a sequel without Over kind of like saying, um, Harry Styles character? or Janelle Monáe? Oh, interesting. Yeah, are the two I was, names I, I've heard floated. I was looking up the past people because um, I remember like David Bowie like initially wasn't the first person to be considered for the role. Um, I heard at first it was Sting, uh, who, who I believe George, Jim Henson really wanted. And no, then I, Wikipedia also said Prince and Michael Jackson. Uh, oh, so they were really looking for like a pop star sort of person. I would have watched um, Prince hardcore as the guy. That would have been that would have been really cool. But again, he also passed in 2016, so that that is also unfortunate. Uh, but yes, yeah, so like I guess yeah, we could have another pop star uh, name be thrown into the ring. That'd be pretty interesting. I feel like Gaga might be a good fit for it. Is Ooh, where my mind went. Yeah, for some reason. yeah, <laughs> that is that's really her. Uh, and then Scott Derrickson is interesting because he has kind of like a horror-ish background. Uh, when he was yeah. still attached to Doctor Strange 2, he was going to make that a kind of like, you know, pseudo-horror superhero Jeez. film. Um, and so it's like, I know this sequel isn't going to be like full-on horror, but I think an interesting kind of like dark family fantasy would be pretty interesting to see out of this. I mean, to me, when I step in like this, I listen to quick comments, Gaga's thoughts with Jim Casey, um, and apparently her cousin loved the movie back in the day. Excellent. <laughs> I watched it at like a, like, at like a gathering of a bunch of people, like put it on one day when I was like at like a, like a little party thing. I was like, yeah, it feels sure. like one of those types of movies. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I see this and I think, okay, so w w we are not out of um, our... Hollywood '80s obsession quite yet. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, to me, like this fits right in with like we also had that sequel to The Dark Crystal on Netflix a while back. Yeah, yeah. Which apparently was quite good, by the way. People seem to like it a lot. I mean, yeah. we got the Stephen King Renaissance. We got the It movies. Um, we have Top Gun around the corner. Apparently, it's, they're making a splash. Like we're still really in this. Yeah. Let's <laughs> dig into the '80s and make sequels and remakes of stuff. It fits right in there. Uh, they're it interested. does. They're interested. And yeah, it, it's funny because the this is kind of like a cult movie. Like when this yes. came out, it did not even make its money back. Um, and yeah. it was it it as I dig into my Jim Henson history, <laughs> it was kind of funny because he did Dark Crystal, and that was a flop because I, it was like one hundred percent, you know, his Muppet puppets thing. So he was like, "I get it. People like seeing the Muppets with humans, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put in a Muppet, and I'm going to put in some humans, and it's going to work, and it's going to be a big box office success, like his regular Muppets." And then that still wasn't the case, which personally would have been really devastating for me to put in all that hard work into a movie. <laughs> And then see it kind of blow up in your face. Uh, but I think this is, you know, kind of a nice honoring of his hard work to see that, you know, so many people cherish it and now they want to do a sequel. I mean, in the long run, he did win on both of those. They both became cult yeah. movies over the years. So, you know, just because to show you, just because your thing doesn't blow up immediately doesn't mean you can't, it can't have like a, a long and healthy life. Let's go to some comments before yeah. we go on to the next bit. Yes, the 80s rocked, said Sherry. <laughs> I don't mind the 80s. 
I was barely sentient for them, but you know, there's some good stuff. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I'm like kind of a little like reflexively against just like mining any decade for like all this remake and sequel material. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause I just like see how it's happening. You know, it, it's, it's the people who were, who grew up in the eighties are now at the age where they're executives and producers and choosing what to make. And of course they go straight for this stuff. I, as long as it's good, great. But I, I, I wonder if like people's uh, enthusiasm for their childhood favorites are outstripping um, their creative instincts. Anyway, so some comments. <laughs> um, Enrica says, doesn't want to get HBO Max right now. I need more new content. Doesn't seem worth it. Which, yeah, I, I sort of agree with you. I think they are offsetting their losses by including it free. This must be with uh, Disney+. Plus. So many existing subscriptions, like at and HBO, now that they are trying to overcharge everyone else. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 that is so sort of what it seems like. And but that he says so many watch lists, so many time, so little time. <laughs> oh, bye, Jen. We'll see you next week. And we have one more topic to hit, which is Mia, you have an advanced review. You have seen the first season of the new Netflix kind of sci-fi-ish comedy. Yeah, yeah. Is it fair to call it sci-fi-ish? Um, I, yeah. Space Force is what we're talking about. The <laughs> yeah. new comedy with Steve Carell. Um, it, it's from the guys who did The Office. Which guys, exactly? Um, it is the co-creator. Um, his last name is Daniels. And as well as one of the executive, Greg Daniels, as well as executive producer. And of course, Steve Carell is on board as well as one of the co-creators for this. Okay. So what's the deal with this show? Should we be interested? Yeah. It comes yeah. out Friday, right? It does come out this Friday. Um, so I, I, this is one of those shows where I really wanted to love it. And they kind of made it difficult for me to do that. Um, I think if like you're a fan of the office, you might be a little bit disappointed by this kind of right off of the bat. Uh, because it, it's lacking a certain amount of charm that the office lacked. Um, so I'll give you a little bit of background about what this is about. Um, it's about Steve Carell who plays this um, Air Force general turned to lead the new branch of the military, which is Space Force. Uh, and they kind of do this cut to where he's elected or he he's put up into the job. And then one year later, he's kind of in the job. So we miss maybe some of the what could have been a fun part about him figuring this out. What is Space Force? We're going to do. And it jumps into him and kind of like his scientist advisor, who was played by John Malkovich. Um, trying to figure out, yeah, yeah, <laughs> how to, they're trying to figure out, like, you know, how can they put people on the moon? Uh, I like John Malkovich. He was a good character. Um, ben Schwartz is in this. He's a He's little funny. hit or miss. He's funny on his own, and this, he doesn't live up to his full potential. So um, and Lisa Kudrow plays uh, Steve Krill's wife, and she has an interesting role in this, which they, Netflix is like, don't tell anybody what's up with her. So okay, I watched gotcha. <laughs> um, I mean, I like all of those people. Yeah, um, and I like the idea of. Um, I mean, it, this is Greg Daniels, and he also he did the office, he did Parks and Recreation, mm-hmm. so kind of like a combination of it's yeah. a government job, but uh, it's more of like a an, an office workplace comedy, and also it involves right. outer space. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it sounds like a good combination. It really does. On paper, it sounds really good. Um, I, I, 
this is what I legitimately think is the problem is that nobody really knows what space force is. Nobody knows what space force does. Are they NASA? Are they, you know, how militaristic are they? Um, and so I think that's where they lost their direction. It's like, if you don't know what's going on and you really have to make it up along the way, you kind of don't really have a sense of direction, which means the characters can't really have like feasible objectives, which means kind of the plot gets all over the place. Um, so they try to be funny. Uh, there's, there's one episode where there's like a chimp in space and they need him to do some sort of repair mission, which that was actually really, really hilarious. Um, but otherwise it was just the, the humor was really hit or miss. I think because sure. they just, like did not know where to go with the plot. That's, that's too bad to hear. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would really love like a good new um, kind of half hour goes down an easy comedy right about now that could hit yeah. the spot. Julie and, says uh, another Avenue five. And oh I think that's God. exactly it. It's like, it's such a good premise, but it's just the way it was executed and the way some of the jokes fall flat. It just ends up being really disappointing. You said the words Avenue five and my interest has <laughs> evaporated completely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this anymore. You know, the first, I would say the, the first episode is a little slow. Second is okay. Um, it, it just takes a while for it to find its footing. I think that that's been happening with a lot of shows where really you, it, it's hard to get invested in that first season, but probably, you know, if you give them a couple more episodes or another sure. season, they'll finally get it right. So that's what I have hope for. Some sitcoms do take a season to get in their feet. I mean, the Office, the first one, took a season. Yeah. Parks and Rec did, too. The first season yeah. was kind of like a little rocky and it went off. Maybe not Avenue community. 5 will as well. What's that? <laughs> so not Community, that one. That, not community, that kind of not the good place. Plenty of them <laughs> yeah. do, do yeah. have an exception, but maybe it's what we can hope for. And if you're interested, it's out on Friday. Could be good. Before we sign off, I will say, it's not a sci-fi or fantasy show, but I am really loving... Um, Mrs. America on FX. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm watching it on Hulu. Are you, are you watching that at all? I haven't been watching it, but I've heard some good buzz about it. It's really, really good. It's um, history-based, kind of histor- history of a, the attempt to pass the Equal Rights Amendment back in the mm-hmm. 70s and early 80s. And it has all these historical figures like, um, oh God, I'm blanking, Phyllis Schlafly is a conservative activist, but the Kate Blanchett. Again, like these really powerful people like doing TV, like John Malkovich on TV in a sitcom, Kate yeah. Blanchett uh, being like a historical drama. It's pretty impressive stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm blanking on the name of the main feminist. Oh, this is embarrassing, but whatever. It's really, really good. <laughs> it's really, really interesting and um, shows both sides pretty fairly. And it's just a great like look into the political process of the time. So I'm really, really enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Anything else you're watching? Um... I don't know. I've kind of blanked. It's been a really like short week. And then it's also been a week of me like getting all these trainers and interviews out. So I, I think I've reached a point where I don't know what's going on anymore. (laughs) I need to get a little bit grounded. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Maybe we'll uh, shake things up with a coronavirus opening up. We'll all kind of get back in our feet. And then we'll see. Oh, Rick and Morty. I I watched. Oh, of course. You're doing your (laughs) 
I am watching Rick and Morty. I think there's like one more episode yeah. this week or something like that. That's been kind of fun. <laughs> all right. Any other thoughts about anything particular, Mia? Anything at all? No, no, no. It's getting hot. I've got like a. <laughs> I need a fan hot. here because I've I've closed the windows because it it it's too noisy outside. So now I need to open the windows again okay. before I pass out. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll sign off so you can open the windows again. I moved into an apartment last year with Central Air. It's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. I love it so much. <laughs> and we'll be back next week, you guys. If you're interested in getting even more of us, we did an extra episode yesterday all about um, kind of whether and how the coronavirus might affect entertainment going forward. I have a new extra article up this month about uh, the kind of letting go of Game of Thrones a year out from the finale. We'll have another prize this month. That's all going on at the Wick Club. I will leave hopefully leave a little link for you in the in the chat box below. <laughs> Damn, if you're interested. Other than that, we're back with our regularly scheduled free program, Take the Black Live, right here on the Winter Spring Facebook page next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hope to see you there and have a pleasant, safe day and week. Bye-bye. Bye. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.